Hello and welcome to Fungibility. I'm your host, Ruve. Great week, lots going on. There's, you know, a, a multitude of different activities in, in the NFT world. You know, the, the FBI says to watch out for DeFi platforms. There's apparently a whole slew of different attacks that are happening uh, against some of the major uh, NFT and DeFi platforms. The founder of that uh, Turkish crypto exchange that took off with several hundred million dollars worth of uh, crypto actually was found hiding out in Albania. I guess that's where you go if you uh, have a Interpol red flag notice on you. Um, I guess not the thing you want to have if you're, uh, you know, taken off. Reddit uh, co-founder uh, launched a $177 million crypto fund. Lots of money flowing into the crypto space, apparently. Yet another crypto fund. So the crypto winners when the folks build interesting apps. So interesting stuff. Um, Kevin Rose of early Web 1 fame did an NFT drop. Um, not sure what the, the Moonbird thing is all about, but sounds sounds interesting. Might want to take a look at that. And just generally, yeah, it's been you know it's, it's the summer. It's quiet. You know, there's 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 stuff going on, but it's it's a quiet period. I've been focused on building the next version of our software platform at Wardpool, so that's been keeping me busy. Hopefully, launching our freemium offering here in the next few weeks. So keep keep your eyes peeled for that. Without too much shameless self promotion there. Um, and without further ado, you know, take a look uh, at, at uh, the Fungibility website to uh, see our latest, uh, um, well, what do I guess we're calling them, actions and campaigns. So, okay, let's jump into this, this week's episode. And hi, we're back with Jesse from Praise. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Riv. Happy to be here. Really appreciate it. So we, we got uh, to sort of quickly know each other a few weeks back at D Decentral, and, and I don't know if we were in the room for the Wu-Tang and Capadonna, but that, that was pretty awesome. Uh, it's nice to catch up to you again. Yeah, Decentral was great. I know uh, the producer there, Justin, shout out, great job. And it was great to meet you. Yeah, we, we really jived, and I think we were doing a impromptu off-the-cuff interview with the NFTLA guys, which was awesome, and just uh, happy that you wanted to follow up with me. So I'm humbled and appreciative to be here. Well, it's it sounds like you're doing lots of interesting things. You're, you're in LA, if I'm not mistaken. So what's the scene look like? That's correct. I am in LA. I, I guess my answer is I don't quite know because there's been these conferences, right? We've been in Austin for Consensus. Uh, we met, well, we met at Decentral, and then there was Consensus, and then NFTL, uh, NFT NYC. That was basically like my June, um, you know. So it's it's been really crazy, and so I haven't really been in LA that much. Now I'm back, and I have that buzz, you know. I'm sure you have it too, Rube, from like being at all these things and. Yeah, it's a bit of an echo chamber, but it also gives you a lot of insight. And I met amazing companies like you guys. And, you know, we are an L.A.-based company. I'm trying to put a stake in the ground here as a consumer-focused company in L.A. And so I'm super excited. I think NFTLA is going to be the, you know, the consensus of the West or, you know, potentially the biggest gathering in Web3 period. I think that we're kind of doing the second migration out West right now in terms of currency and thought and evolution so i'm very excited for la well your la seems to be 
fighting for supremacy uh, uh, against like Miami for for crypto. You know, it's it, at least it's not San Francisco. I'll, I'll throw that out there. It's it it, it has to be anywhere other than there. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that San Francisco has a lot of things going for it. I'm just not sure what what they are. Um, so let's uh, let's jump into your uh, your 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 project. You you're doing praise. I'm I'm interested to learn more. What what's what's praise? Yes, praise is my life's work. I'm. Uh, you know, it's it's everything that I am. It's everything I'm about, and so it's more than people. I say, "Oh, you're building a company, or what are your products?" And I say, "I have those things, but I'm actually building a brand, and I'm building stories, and I'm building emotion because I think the currency of the future is emotion-based instead of transaction-based." And so that's what praise is. It's love-based currency, which is emotional-based currency. I believe that current currency is you know, fiat is fear-based currency, and both fear and love are abundant resources. It's just that only fear-based currency has been wielded in the modern age. And I firmly believe that we can start to change that and derive value and then currency, actual useful currency in, in the real world um, via love and happiness. And so PRAISE is an acronym. It stands for Provable Rewards Algorithm an initiative for social equality and it's a token and so we have an inflationary token it's actually actually a deflating inflationary token with a fixed supply uh, which basically means it has the best of both worlds between doge and bitcoin i'm going to dig into that if you want Ruve. we can take this wherever you want to go um, but on top of the token infrastructure i call the token a layer 2.5 uh, because it's things can be built on top of it and the first node or the first product that we're building on top of it is our community the praise pals and the praise pals have fun and earn praise our token automatically for having fun and then we save the world um, by pushing some praise with each campaign or each event that we do um, to causes that we care about and to elevating human consciousness and so we do parties in the hills we partner with brands we have our characters we have a gaming metaverse coming we have all kinds of fun things and i'll stop there so would it be best described as a social token is that the general kind of space that you play so i think in decades i don't think in years or months or weeks and so yeah you could call it that but i think it's much different than that in terms of the the full scope of what we're trying to do with it um, again, like what I just said, right? Like I, people ask me, like, how do you describe it? And they'll put words on it like that. And yeah, it is social token, but I believe it can become at some point in time, right? If you paint the vectors out um, in time, eventually I feel that this kind of a currency could become, um, you know, much bigger than that. Store value, okay. an exchange of value, you know, akin to a Bitcoin or any kind of currency that could power communities and, I think the future is just a bunch of fractionalized communities that run on different currencies. So we'll see how big ours gets. But yeah, you can call it a social currency. I call it an incentivization engine on a granular level at infinite scale. Oh, nice. So we we have a similar sort of philosophy then because, you know, I've spent a lot of time building, you know, a platform that would sort of enable folks to be rewarded for, for what I consider a kind of quid pro quo. Exactly. You, know, you, do so, you do something for me. I'll do something for you. There's a mutual value that's being created. And if you look at like what's been going on in like the social media landscape with creators and, and influencers and random folks on TikTok, it's been one-sided. Like if you yep. want to sort of capitalize on your audience, you could sell them some merch, you know, a t-shirt, 
Maybe you'd, you'd do a sponsored post. But for the most part, it was a one-sided transaction. The okay. so-called creator or influencer would gain some value, but the, the folks that actually provide the value, the audience, the, the, the fans, the customers, had no upside, right? I, I, my only upside is to see someone like a, you know, tweet something or post an Instagram, you know? And I think that the, the real opportunity in some of these, you know, social enabled sort of tokens is to sort of split that value, you, you know? And, and I think, you know, random, random thoughts here, but that, that seems to be the future. 100%, I'm taking notes here because I have this actually in our like in our documents because we're so aligned and this is why I want to partner with you, dude. Uh, we're going to have so many talks offline. We've been talking about uh, that we're going to do a lot more than just podcasts together and now you see why. Um, by the way, everyone listening, this is literally like the second time we're talking, like we're meeting each other in real time with, with all of you listening. So what I wrote down was, um, this is in our docs, is kind of the first wave, if you want to say let's, let's tie it to like a Facebook, was identity right? It's established identity and true identity in a digital form, right? Then we have like the influencer wave, right? Which starts to pass the power down from like corporations down to indiv individuals based on their influence, right? So we go from in identity to influence. And now I believe we're going into what I call the creator economy or the relationship-based economy, um, which is based on value, right? We keep using the word value. And so now we're able to tie this digital influence and this digital identity to, to value with a currency, and that currency is, like I said, infinitely scalable and, and infinitely fractionalized. And it's just really exciting. So, yeah, you get it. We get it. <laughs> it's exciting. Well, yeah, it, it makes it makes a lot of sense. And it, Facebook has, has been a recurring sort of topic because let's be honest, they're pretty evil. Right. They created, a, a, you know, they mined everybody's data. They, they made you pretend like, you know, it was free, stole all your your sort of demographic information and sold it off to the highest bidder to be to be used against you in a weaponized form. Like the, the, that's about as bad a, a sort of approach as you can possibly take. And I think the, the, the sort of reflex to all those bad actors in the, let's just say the web two world was to create this kind of idea of web three where you, the creator, the user, the, the, are no longer the product. You've got the ability to take back, you know, your information or at least get rewarded for it at, at the very least if, if someone's going to sell all my personal demographic information i should at least get something for it other than some crappy access to your your web app right so i think that 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 we're we're seeing a pendulum swing hopefully away from those kind of approaches and business models i even use the same analogies as you i always use the pendulum swing analogy and i fully 100 percent. i'll give you a plus one 100% on that one. You know, it's like, I, I think we can all feel it, right? Or the people at least that are close to the industry feel this shift and that's that pendulum swing. And I think it's, when the pendulum swings this way, I believe as we evolve, it swings quick, you know, faster and faster, right? Because we're evolving faster and faster. And so we start to kind of lose track of it and it's hard for people to catch up. But we're actually in that process right now and it's gonna move faster than we all are used to because it just keeps going at an exponential rate. And so I feel that we are going to flip the model very quickly you know and it's it really has been kind of already coming right for the last several decades and you've seen you know the gig economy and influencers coming and it started to blur the lines but now we're finally at that place where it's gonna it's flipping the model and that's why you see web3 companies like us that understand the consumer's mind that understand emotion right it's less you know i, I I wrote this article a long time ago about my big gut, right? Instead of big data, the big gut. And it's like thinking through emotion and team and, and talent and things that are that are not easily measurable by 
you know, by a computer, by math. It's, it's a human uh, trait at this point in time. We'll see how long that lasts. But, you know, for now, right, it's not about the products. I repeat, for if you're listening, it's not about the products. There's data, 75% of millennials do not trust the businesses that they work with, and it's probably even worse for the younger generations. They're looking for friends, they're looking for trust, they're looking for loyalty, a benevolence where they can go, hey, I want to hang out with this brand and not feel like they're taking my data. They're, they're, they're gouging me. They're, you know, like you said, it's, it's play to earn. This is love money. Praise you earn. It's inflationary. It's already coming out. All you got to do is grab it, right? And, and like with the word pool, you got to have fun and listen to cool stuff like this and you're going to get rewarded. It's flipping the model. Before it was just like loyalty programs, but soon it will become like the Chrome browser and it will take over Internet Explorer, right? It'll take over the old fiat systems because it's just better money. It's just more fun. works better. Yeah, and I think – and that's some, one of the problems that we saw with the – the current or maybe previous iteration of play to earn games. They might have been, you know, something you could earn, but they weren't fun to earn, right? It wasn't a good waste of time. And it seems to be a recurring topic. If you're going to play a game, I think the hallmark of a good game or, or is the ability for time to fly by. It's like, oh my God, I just spent two hours playing a game. I didn't even know it. And if you, I have yet to find a play to earn game that is actually fun. And I've tried dozens and dozens of them. And they're all, you know, they're all kind of like these, these sort of economic schemes to sort of extract value or, or, you know, make money at the expense of their users without actually providing any kind of fun and exciting, entertaining atmosphere. Are you ready for this, Irv? You ready? <laughs> you bring it. <laughs> because this is exactly what we do, except... Now just take play to earn out of the gaming world and into the real world, okay? And then take it back into the gaming world again and then back into the real world again. That's what we're doing with Praise. We're creating love money and fun money. And, you know, like I was describing earlier, you come to our parties in the Hollywood Hills. That's literally all you got to do. You just got to know about us. So, you know, if you're listening to this, you want to come, just, just come to the party. You got to get a gold card that you know you got to do a few things and it's gold cards are pretty cheap right now on, on OpenSea. there's also like the potential that you just get invited we love stuff like that like random people that that do stuff with us like you know it's all about we love inclusivity but we also like creating the most exclusive events that can build out this this future and so people who do that with us they earn our currency right so now they're making money by having fun and this is just remember this is just the first note so as more and more people adopt this system now it's like again governments and and fiat and, and fear money and work and tax money that's just gonna pale in comparison to the praise money that's earned by going and hanging out with us in the Hollywood Hills and why are we able to do that because I can create emotion I can create content I can bring cool partners together I can collaborate we can show art we can and what happens is people want to pay for that we get sponsors who pay us so sometimes we can offer things for free because there's there's partners who are paying or basically subsidizing these things so essentially money just moves more freely with no friction and then what happens is we create emotion which people are drawn to in this day and age this is the future and now we have business like why does Pixar why is Pixar and Disney you know why are they some of the biggest brands in the world because they create emotion they make us cry they make us smile and make our our hearts beat fast you know so so and then uh, my first company Ruve is a game company 100 million plus in digital currency and virtual worlds t 10 plus years ago 
was a game called Mini Planet. We had avatars and characters and clothes, and we already have our praise pals, and I'm, I'm going to build this whole thing again. And so now you're going to be able to take your party gear and the stuff you got at our parties, and then we're going to create avatars of you that look like that, drop you into the gaming world. Now you have IP where you can run around in the infinite metaverse, make some money there in different currency, and then flow it in and back out of praise and into whatever other currency you want. And maybe if you want to like giggle with your kids or whatever, you can like convert it into fiat and then maybe like cash it out into like a paper thing somewhere at some brick and mortar place and like go to an old mom and pop place and laugh at how like that's how money used to work. Yeah, it's 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 a conversation that keeps coming up over and over. It's you know if you've ever gone to you know like a family event with folks that are, let's say, not in the Web3 world. And the first thing you tell them, you, you, the dirty word to them is like crypto. Well, it's a scam, right? That, that's, that's what they say. Or, or if you say block, if they say blockchain, well, what the heck is that, right? It, you know, it's a slow database or something. So yeah. it, it's, you know, it's, it's always a sort of nomenclature issue and, and a perception yeah. issue with, with generation that doesn't understand that value isn't necessarily limited by what's in your pocket or in your bank, but the 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 aspect that that someone is doing something or engaging in something, and and there's value in those actions, and those that that value can be defined independently of the current monetary system. Hundred percent. And again, it's just the lack of information and the lack of knowledge, right? And that's why part of what I'm trying to do, and I think a lot of the folks in this space are trying to do, is just educate people and. I always say the future is now, you just have to find it. And we're living kind of in the future. And what I mean by that is we're so far ahead of what most of the rest of the world's doing at this point in terms of this new currency. Now, the, the problem there for the people that aren't in the know is that this is paradigm shifting. So it's going to change everything. And so it puts people who are in the know at an extreme advantage, right? And so that's where these kinds of things become issues. I mean, do you know, you know that the, uh, you know, the internet was a scam too, right? <laughs> In the beginning. Everyone thought that, right? There was the dark web and that's all it was used for was smuggling and blah, blah, blah. Same exact thing we're seeing now. It's just that was the proliferation and the democratization of communication. This is the same thing, the fractionalization and democratization of currency, of money. So, I mean, for anyone who isn't in the space, maybe you're stumbling across this and listening, that that's what's happening right now. So if you can wrap your head around that, then you can start to see why people just don't understand and, and call it, you know, by a bad name and call it a scam and stuff like that. When it's actually going to lift us into the next level, I believe we're moving out of the second dark ages and into the second renaissance. Yeah, I, I, I agree. It, and actually, as a funny anecdote, I literally just got off a pitch with a venture capitalist before we hopped on to record this. And the, the VC, which I won't name, was t giving me his story on, on sort of how he became involved in, in cryptocurrency. And he, he, he's basically said that his first entry into Bitcoin was on the... Uh, it was one of those dark websites from like 10 years ago. What was it? Silk Road, I think I think he said. And basically yeah, yeah. he, he right was on. buying fake IDs and, and illicit substances. And like that is the most honest um, you know, description of the guy's intro into blockchain I've ever heard. I, I was pretty amazed that he would actually tell me that on a on a on a sort of VC pitch call. But anyway, in interesting to note. I'm not surprised at all, actually. That's very much like my culture too, and my personal culture, because I believe that like living on the edge and, and making mistakes or even sometimes, let's say, breaking the rules is 
is not necessarily the worst thing. I have a very different view of morality and ethics than a lot of people. But if you can, again, zoom out, you know, I think in, I tell you, I think in, I said this before we recorded, I think in decades, I think in centuries. And what a lot of these people are doing is they're exper experimenting with a new technology. And that's where a lot of these things get started because, again, people don't understand it. A lot of the people who are living on the edge end up being, um, uh, you know, what's the word? Like just, I guess, unconventional. And sometimes that can look like bending um, morals or ethics. And, you know, you be the judge of that, right? Like I'm, who, who am I to say and who is anyone to really um, put a label on any of those things? But what I do know is that, again, this infrastructure is has the capability of elevating the world in an extremely positive way. And so there's always two sides of a coin, right? You know, and excuse the pun, we're talking about currency. But there's always two sides. And so you got to have that, right? Almost everything starts as some kind of weird process that you can't really understand whether that's seen as bad or irrelevant. Like, like computers were seen as irrelevant in the early days because they were just so big, they were so clunky. And it's like, yeah, but just think about the evolution of this machine. And now here we are with computers and chips in our, like, in our, sun, in our glasses, you know? So you got to look at it, you got to zoom out and really think about the capabilities of the tech. Yeah, and, and I think your point of, you know, sort of evolution of technology versus this concept of uh, like a revolution where right. everything sort of builds on the things that happened before. It's very, it's very rare that someone just dreams up something completely new and, and the world <laughs> just completely adopts it, right? It's like the mobile... Yeah, it's a process. A mobile phone existed because people had phones. You know, if 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 nobody had a phone, they wouldn't have known they needed a mobile one, right? It it's you know, people te televisions existed because they had radios and they like, oh my goodness, I could get mo moving pictures or whatever this, on, this on the is screen. The, this is the plight of of America and the biggest kind of like pull the pull the wool over your eyes kind of thing I believe in our country, which is like, you know, all the investors know this. They're sitting there and they're, again, they're living in the future. They get all the conversations like this behind closed doors a lot of times. They know it's coming. So they love the media. They love everyone going, oh, this is a scam and this and that. And they're, they're just looking in there and kind of like nodding their heads and smiling, you know, in their offices or wherever they are these days, you know. And, and not to say that they're like bad people. They just have that information. And I feel that we're in a time where people kind of know this, they're ready to, to share in this information. I feel that that information will flow in our new economy and, you know, we'll be able to get that problem solved, you know, but it's like, it's like these two dissonant worlds where you have like the public getting fed by the media, which is just basically all propaganda um, because they're making money. That's a business. They're doing that. And then the investors profit because they know what's going on. They let the numbers go down. I mean, yeah, I'm not a financial analyst. I have to say this. this is not financial advice. There you go, lawyers. But Bitcoin and Ethereum and these major chains, those two specifically, they're on sale. Okay, I don't know when they're if they'll so they'll die. Bitcoin and Ethereum will both die, right? Again, 
you just have to chart it out in time. Maybe they'll last thousands of years, but they'll die. Something better will come along. But I can tell you right now, they're not going to die anytime soon. And all the investors and institutions and banks, they know that. So they're just letting the numbers go down. They're letting consumers and people who don't know this stuff file out. It's really bad for consumers to go through these cycles, but it's part of the process. So don't be one of those people. Like, listen to these things, do your research, get straight on it, and hodl. Like, hodl this stuff. Like, you know, it's going to go up and down, but like, uh, so that's my non-advice for everybody. That's not well, at all financial advice. <laughs> there, there's been a recurring topic on, on this show. We launched in November, which was sort of the peak uh, or the end of the last bull run. And mm. we there was a lot of sort of over expectation. And, you know, the other thing I point out, I talk to a lot of VCs because I'm always pitching something and the, yeah. the tone has changed dramatically. Like back last year when I was pitching these VCs, I would hear, well, you know, you, you're, one of your problems is one, you're not DeFi, the yield isn't high enough. And you know, so I need to do like a 40% monthly yield or something. And because that's what Celsius was doing at the time. And, right. and, and, and now, and they, they're all bragging about, oh, I was the first money in, in Terra or something. And now those guys are coming back to me and saying, hey, let's work together. But we lost most of our fun, but you know, hey, we'll give you, we'll give you some of our, our expertise. I'm like, you know, I, and I think the takeaway, whether you're a venture capitalist or the, you know, average consumer, if it sounds too good to be true, it is, you know, Bernie Madoff offered 20% yearly APY, and he was the one of the biggest, you know, Ponzi schemes ever. A lot of these guys were offering like 2000% APYs and, and they're like, you know, I can't understand why my, my DeFi project failed. I don't know. Could, could be because it wasn't sustainable or maybe you don't know what Excel is at the very least. But yeah, there's a, well, lot of, you, a lot of stuff. You know, well, so real quick, bouncing off that is, I think this is a case of, again, like Web3 moving faster than most humans can handle, right? It's like whatever you, you know, you think is the, the hot thing right now, it moves so fast right now that you have to, you have to have a little bit of that um, futuristic vision, you know? You'll notice I keep talking about the future. It's because things move lightning fast these days. You know, I work with a lot of folks that are younger than me now that I'm, you know, that I'm, I'm aging and I've been, I'm an OG and I've been around and I'm like, all right, let me get some of these 20 somethings in here and we'll be talking about doing a task and they'll have it done by the time we're done talking about it. Like it is like some next level shit. And so a lot of these investors and obviously a lot of folks in the White House and, 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 you know, all that are falling behind very quickly. And so, again, it's about kind of education and communication on all these things so that people don't fall into those kind of traps. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's, it's, all, it, it's almost like the, the crypto space is learning all the lessons of the traditional finance space that took like 100 plus years in the, in the finance space. But we just happen to do it in like 18 month cycles. Yep, that's what's happening. This paradigm shift is in the, the pendulum swing is happening fast and faster than people realize and probably faster than I can, you know, comprehend. And, you know, we're all in the middle of it. Again, it's like, you know, if we look back, we're going to be like, oh, wow, you know, I can't believe it went down like this. We're in it. So we can't really see once we can look back on these years. I think it's going to be very apparent that this is an inflection point. And yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to... Uh, presume that I know anything really except that 
we're going in this direction, you know, I can't tell how long or, you know, no one can predict the time that's associated with these things. But that's why in generality, I can, I think I can say it's going to happen faster than most of us think it will. I, I hope you're right. Now, if any, anyone's new to this uh, program and you're not familiar with the way fungibility works, I, let me give a quick overview. Um, if you go to the fungibility.co website, you'll see that every episode has its own dedicated challenge where you can get rewarded with, with tokens and, and various NFTs. So those points you get can be redeemed for this episode, which essentially you own. At some point in the future, I'll shut it off and the only way you'll be able to own it is if you get it from someone who has it. Take a look. You get to learn about our, our episode and praise and, and the various things that you're up to and you know, t take a look at that. But for those who aren't going to check out our website, where can they learn more about you? Easy. You can Google my name, Jesse Tevelo, and I'm sure you can find the spelling somewhere here with Ruben is many digital screens that I'm sure this is on. Uh, and then you can look up Praise Token. You can just Google Praise Token or it's praisetoken.io and you'll learn all about that. And there's some other stuff. I've written some books. We didn't talk about that. I have an agency. You can learn most of that stuff. And then my personal site's jtev.me. So you can see some stuff there. But um, yeah, it's pretty easy. Just Google my name. And then what I'd, if, if I can, Ruve, is um, can I like drop a little bit of a bomb here for folks listening and you know this is this is with Rube's approval like after I say this you can like veto this but yeah go go for it love love to hear it okay i just wanted to shout out to you guys because you know we're definitely in my mind going to be working together and you can totally um, shoot me down later and maybe we won't work together but i think we're going to and i really like what regardless i really like you and what you're doing. And I like just like letting people into this kind of stuff sometimes. Like normally like people would do this after you stop hitting, you know, after we stop recording, right? But I just wanted to like say here for my audience, you know, maybe we'll work with Ruben in the future. You know, maybe I'm dropping a hint, maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't happen, but I love Ruben. This thing is gonna go crazy. It's just in line exactly with what we're doing um and even just the value of coming on here in this podcast and how you're spreading this and showing that you eat your own dog food and how much it's blowing up if you are one of these investors that is listening and you know that Ruth's talking to all these investors you should listen to him <laughs> so i'll just stop there but i just it's not really a bomb it's like a hint like a hint like a pre-bomb it's a pre it's a pre pre hint bomb. It's and, a hint and, bomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if you are a VC, everything I said about VCs I meant in the nicest way possible. Yes, we love you. We love you, VCs. So this has been a great, great episode. I think we're running a little long, so I, I'm getting the I'm getting the vibe from Laura, our, our executive producer, to wrap it up. So Laura, <laughs> come on. No, yeah, I, I agree. This has been fantastic. Thank you guys so much. Well, I, I appreciate you taking the time to tell us, uh, you know, about, about your project and all the crazy things that you're up to. Sounds like you're going to be really successful in, in, in anything you're involved in. So congratulations. Yeah, I was voted, you know, most likely to be successful in high school. So no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this is just what I do. You know, it's great. It's fun. I like the I, I'm blessed and cursed. You know, I'm sure you feel the same way. So it's just what I do. I have to do it. So it drives me. 
and I enjoy it. I like being on the edge of things, even if a lot of people don't understand me. You know, there are small, like, fractionalized communities that do understand me, and that's what I think the future will be, right? And so I like to say we all need to learn to be different together, and I think that's possible. I think we can find unity in our differences, and I think we can do that by going back to tribes, you know, both defined by land, but also defined in the infinite in, uh, metaverse. And so, you know, we didn't get into this roof, but I feel like we're going to start buying back land soon, like the Web3 folks. It's already, I know some deals already happening, you know, where folks are starting to buy land. And I, I'm really interested to see how quickly we start to bring the metaverse into the real world and back again, and how quickly that catches on with people once they realize they can take that currency in in game, quote unquote, meaning the metaverse, and out of game, quote unquote, because life's just a game, right? Life's a stage. So I'll leave you with that. We say love, peace, and praise where I come from. So love you guys. Peace to everybody and praise for bringing me on here. I appreciate it, everybody. Oh, my, my pleasure. And until next time, this is Ruve and Fungibility.